Good day, tea and listeners. Today, we discuss a Supreme Court of Appeal case in Linda Holden versus Asmang Limited, which was heard on the 10th of September 2020. The case was first heard in the High Court, which ruled in favor of the applicant. The respondent not satisfied, then appealed to the full court, which overturned the finding of the High Court in their favor, hence this appeal to the SCA. Hello Albert, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Please will you share the background to the case with the listeners. The appellant was a counseling psychologist registered with the Health Professions Council of South Africa. The respondent, a mining company, referred some of their employees to various medical practitioners, including to the appellant, for assessment and counselling. The appellant, during her consultations with the referred employees of the mining company, made certain findings in regard to a disease of magmatism as they were exposed in the mining environment. As a result of her findings, the respondent reported her to the Health Professions Council of South Africa and alleged that she was in breach of her professional ethics. What transpired at the Health Professions Council? The appellant filed a detailed response regarding the complaint against her with supporting documents. The matter was dealt with by the Health Professions Council on the 13th of November 2009. The Health Professions Council informed the Appellants Council that the committee had accepted the Appellants explanation and had resolved not to take any disciplinary action against her. Now that the complaint to the HPCSA was finalised, what did the appellant do? On the 6th of August 2009, the appellant instituted an action for damages against the respondent based on malicious proceedings. The matter was heard on the 19th of November 2014 in the High Court. The respondent, then the defendant, raised a special plea of prescription. This plea of prescription was dismissed with cost. The judge reasoned that the prescriptive period would only have started to run once the appellant, the, the plaintiff then, was informed of the outcome by the Health Professions Council on the 13th of November 2009. What did the respondent, the defendant then, do after the High Court decision? The respondent appealed the decision of the High Court to the Full Court, which set aside the decision and replaced it with one upholding the special plea of prescription with cost effectively ruling in favour of the respondent. Could you elaborate more on the issue of prescription? The term prescription relates to a debt that is extinguished after a period of time. An example is the obligation to pay a sum of money. Section 12 of the Prescription Act reads that 
subject to the provisions of subsection 2, 3 and 4, prescription shall commence to run as soon as the debt is due. If the debtor willfully prevents the creditor from coming to know the existence of the debt, prescription shall not commence to run until the creditor becomes aware of the existence of the debt. A debt shall not be deemed to be due until the creditor has knowledge of the identity of the debtor and the facts from which the debt arises. Provided that the creditor shall be deemed to have such knowledge if he acquired it by the exercising of reasonable care. That deals with the term. Now we need to look at debt. In short, the word debt does not refer to the cause of action, but more generally to the claim. In deciding whether a debt has become prescribed, one has to identify the debt, or put differently, what the claim was in broad sense of the meaning of the word. Before we move on for the benefit of our Afrikaans listeners, the term prescription, waarna Albert hier verwijs, noem ons in Afrikaans verjaring, ons praat van die verjaring van skuld. Albert, how did the appellant reason in regard to the cause of action and prescription? The appellant's case was that her cause of action only arose and prescription only started running after the health professions council notified her that the respondent's claim against her had been dismissed and that was on the 13th of November 2009. It is settled law that prescription begins to run as soon as the debt is due and the creditor knows the identity of the debtor and the facts given rise to the debt, such as in this case. What would the appellant have to prove in regard to the merits with claim for malicious prosecution if she was successful on the issue of prescription? In order to succeed, a claimant must prove that the defendant set the law in motion, that the defendant acted without reasonable and probable cause, that the defendant acted with malice, and that the prosecution failed. Of the mentioned requirements, which is the most important in this case? The fourth requirement concerns the appeal. It lies in the fact that the claim can only arise if the proceedings were terminated in the plaintiff's favour. That is so because a claim for malicious proceedings cannot anticipate the outcome of proceedings yet to be finalised. Is this principle applicable in criminal and civil cases? A claim for malicious prosecution can only arise after the successful conclusion of the criminal case in the plaintiff's favour, even if the case was withdrawn or the accused was acquitted. Furthermore, 
there is no distinction between pending criminal proceedings and proceedings before statutory created professional tribunals like the Health Professions Council. The cause of action applies to both civil and criminal proceedings. What was the view of the respondent in relation to the view of the Supreme Court of Appeal? The respondent's view and the reasoning was that the strict principles of malicious prosecution and the requirement that the prosecution must have failed do not apply to the Health Professions Council as a disciplinary body. In relying on Gregory versus Portsmouth City Council, Lord Steyn held that the tort of malicious prosecution does not extend to disciplinary proceedings. The SCA held that the Health Professions Council is a statutory tribunal with great powers and any decision can have far-reaching consequences such as losing one's license to practice if found guilty. The tribunal applies formal machinery of a criminal prosecution with sanctions that are punitive of nature. It is that which distinguishes it from normal disciplinary proceedings. Is there any other authority which took a similar view to the SCA? Yes, in Thompson and another versus Minister of Police and another 1971 in brackets 1 SA 371 in brackets E, Judge Extien held as follows. No action will lie until the criminal proceedings have terminated in favour of the plaintiff or where the Attorney-General has declined to prosecute. What was the full court's view and on what did it place reliance? The full court placed reliance on the judgment of Judge Froenemann in Kruger versus National Director of Prosecutions, wherein he said that to prove malicious prosecution, the plaintiff needed only to establish a lack of reasonable and probable cause and intent to injure. Only these two facts are relevant to this case as they are the facts from which the debt arises. Of these, only the creditor needs to have knowledge for prescription to start running in terms of Section 12, Subsection 3. A plaintiff does not need to know the further facts that establish the absence of reasonable probable cause and intent to injure. Judge Froenemann was therefore restricting himself to the second and third requirements as opposed to the SCA, which was concerned with the fourth requirement. What was the reasoning and conclusion of the SCA in terms of the finding of the full court? A debt is due, owing and payable within the meaning of Section 12, Subsection 1 of the Prescription Act. When the creditor acquires a complete cause of action for the recovery of the debt. What this means is that the entire set of facts which the creditor must prove in order to succeed with his claim against the debtor must be in place. In other words, when everything has happened 
which would have entitled the creditor to institute action and to pursue his claim. So from the above, it is clear that the appellant's cause of action only arose and prescription only started to run when the Health Professions Council notified the appellant that the respondent's claim against her had been dismissed. That was on the 13th of November 2009. It was only then that the appellant would have been able to establish the fourth requirement for an action for malicious prosecution. It follows then that as at the date of the summons, the claim or debt had not prescribed. So in conclusion, Albert, what was the order of the court? The appeal is upheld with cost and the order of the court a queue is set aside and in its stead it is substituted with the following order. The appeal is dismissed with cost. Thank you to you and listeners. Until next time, goodbye.